What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Linked Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. They relieved the palms of their branches as the people's palms grasped and then brandished those leafy emblems of both festival and rebellion. These were a people who felt as though they had already spent their second, third, and last chances on zealots, men like Barabbas and that now famous Maccabean. But this Jesus, this new champion was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as Zechariah had envisioned him. This king was coming to daughter Zion to take the wicked Roman chariots away from Ephraim. Surely this Jesus was the one to bring God's people salvation. Surely he was the one pictured all across the prophet's hopeful panorama. So they shouted, save us, please. They cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. And this Jesus would answer yes to their cry of save us, save us, but not in the way they expected, not by the violent overthrow predicted by their palmy political propaganda. For the humility of that donkey was nothing compared to the way he would answer their shouts of Hosanna. For the path on which he rode took him not to a throne, but to a court, not to a place fit for a heavenly king, but to the feet of an earthly lord. It was there, before another crowd, in the hands of Pilate, whom God endowed with the power to answer the shouts rising loud, demanding crucifixion for this man who was so recently avowed as Hosanna by those who had laid down a pathway of both palm branch and personal shroud. It was there that he would show how he would answer both crowds, both the Hosanna save us cry and the incessant crucify. For what was missed by each tribe, by those who cried out their Hosanna boast and those who cried that this man should be nailed upon two posts, is that Jesus would say no to neither request. Instead, he would say yes to both. In fact, he would accomplish salvation by such infliction. He would be Hosanna by undergoing crucifixion. He would say yes to cries of love and yes to cries of hate. And for us, it is good news that he answered this way. For we too cry Hosanna. We too need to be saved. But we also cry crucify him. We also are filled with hate. We need to be rescued from our evil, but when goodness comes to us, we take what is good and by our evil, hang it on a cross. But this is how he saves us. This is how he loves us. 
loves us. He answered our cry of need and our cry of hate with one final yes poured out as he cried so that the sin that put him on the cross he paid for as he died and the salvation for which we asked by his yes he supplied. So come lay down your branches and come lift up your palms for the king of our salvation said yes to the night of death so that he could raise the light of dawn. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyone glad he said yes? I want to ask that question again. Is anyone glad that he said yes? I think I want to ask that question one more time. Is there anyone glad that he said yes? So glad he didn't do it out of convenience, but he did it out of inconvenience so that you and I could be convenienced. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, as we approach Holy Week, on this Palm Sunday, Father, may we reflect on everything that this week means to us as believers and to those that are soon to be believers. Father, help us to live out the truths that are in your word. Father, help us to be what you came to deliver us from. Help us to be a light in a dark world, Father. Help us to lead others to your throne, Father. Help us to live our lives in such a way that people will ask us, what must we do to be saved? And Father, we have all decreased in this place because you have increased. Praise and worship lifted us closer to you. Now, Father, as we've drawn closer to you, you have drawn closer to us. So I declare that your word is anointed and your word will remove burdens and destroy yokes today. And not one person watching online or in the room will leave the same way that they came in. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this message today in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's get right into it today. I don't need a whole lot of time, but I really want you to pay attention today as we really unfold some truths and, make, and give some understanding to really what today truly means in the lives of every person sitting in this room and every person watching online. Palm Sunday is traditionally the week or the Sunday before Easter or what we know as Resurrection Sunday, and they also call it the beginning of Passion Week or Holy Week. Palm Sunday is a movable Sunday. It's a movable holiday, meaning its date changes every year. And that's based on Lent and the spring equinox. Many churches celebrate Palm Sunday with the waving of palm branches, singing traditional hymns, and making crosses out of palm fronds. But while this is a triumphal entry, it is also Jesus' first step towards his death and our victory. And let us be reminded that he knew everything that was waiting on him, and he went anyway. I don't know how many of us would have known what he knew and still went for people who in, in most cases were not grateful and had no gratitude for what he was doing. Let's look at Matthew's account. In Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 11, 
And I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And it talks about his triumphal entry. Now, the word triumphal means celebrating. It means commemorating. It means triumphant. But it also means victory. Let's read. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 says. I'm reading, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, and at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the, to the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Verse 3. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees, which is where we get Palm Sunday from, and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we had, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Now, I don't know if you can highlight it, underline it. I don't know how many people carry actual Bibles today. Of course, when I was coming up, you carried your Bible, and you had a pen and a highlighter with you, a pencil and highlighter at all times, and you would highlight or underline where emphasis needed to be made. How many of y'all remember that or you go back there? Well, today we have electronic devices, but I want you to highlight who is this? Because that is the question of the day. The multitudes cried out and they said, who is this? How many of you don't know who he is, then you won't receive him the right way. Right? If you don't know who he is, you will not receive him the right way. And then notice what the multitude said. They said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, let's take a moment to do a, a little Bible study here, something we used to do uh, when I was the dean of a Bible school. Now, I just told you the question went out, who is this? That question gives you some insight into why one week later they went from Hosanna to crucify him. Now, in verses 9 and 10, it gives us some clues that they didn't actually know who he was. They're caught up in the frenzy. How I many know when there are crowds and multitudes, how I many know it's so easy to go along with the crowd and you don't even know why you're acting the way you're acting? It's just everyone else is acting that way, so people join in. But there are two clues in verse 9 and verse 10 that indicate to us why they didn't know who he was and why one week later the same crowd that shouted Hosanna shouted crucify him. 
You'll notice in verse 9, the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, watch this now, Hosanna, the son of David. They identified with his humanity, not his deity. They're acknowledging that, yes, he is a man and he is part of the lineage, lineage of David, but how many know he is just a son of David and not the son of God? How many know a lot of people to this day still see him the exact same way? That he was just a good man that lived, but he was not the son of God. Verse 10 gives us some more insight. You may have found it by now. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitudes said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Notice what they ascribed to him. They said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. They said, this is Jesus. He's a sent one. In the Greek, that word means he's an inspired speaker from Nazareth of Galilee. Folks, I submit to you today that that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died, went to the cross, come on somebody, and rose from the grave, and he is alive and doing quite well today. He was not just a prophet. He was and is the Son of the living God. Somebody ought to give that name glory in here today. And so the reason they missed it, folks, the reason you can go from serving God one week to back in the world the next week, the reason you can go from being on fire to God to lose everything is because you don't know who he is. And if you only address him in his humanity, then you miss out on all of the supernatural that his deity can bring into your life. So on the heels of this Palm Sunday, as we begin this Holy Week, may we constantly be reminded of the significance and the value that Jesus Christ plays in our life. Folks, if he is the Lord of your life, then that means he is supreme in authority. That means what he says goes. Now, I want you to tell me, I want to submit that same question to you online and in the room. Who is Jesus? Come on, write it down online. Type it in. Be bold about it. Share your faith. Who is this Jesus? See, I'm not asking you who is he to your pastor. I'm not asking you who is he to your favorite teacher. I'm asking you who is he to you? Say it out of your mouth. Because it's going to give you an indication of whether or not you know him and why you approach him the way that you do. Now, his word reveals tremendous truths about every part of this story. So we're going to get in here and revelate a little bit today. These are truths that should draw us closer to Christ and remind us that he alone is our undefeated king. And folks, if he is undefeated, then guess what? We are undefeated. I submit to somebody right now, even though it looks like you're defeated, 
You are coming out gold on the other side of this. You're going to come out of this without even the smell of smoke on your clothes. Come on, somebody. Not when God saves you, he saves you and delivers you to the uttermost, which means there is not a stain of what you went through when God brings you out of it. Somebody ought to give God glory for that today. I said somebody ought to give God glory for that today. You have not lived your best life yet, folks. You have not seen your best days yet. They are still out in front of you. I mean, you know, COVID set us back, but it did not break us down. Only thing it set us back to do was to have one of the greatest comebacks ever known to man in the history of this world. You are coming back greater glory to God. Let's look at five truths about Palm Sunday that remind us of our undefeated king. Number one, his goodness and his final victory. His goodness, folks, Palm Sunday is about his goodness. His goodness and his final victory. God is good. I said God is good. I said God is good. There is not a time in your life when God is not good. And I'm telling you, whatever you're facing right now, if you'll just say he's good, he'll turn your bad situation around and bring something good out of it because he's just that good. God's word tells us in verse 8 that they cut, the people cut palm branches and they waved them in the air and they laid them out on the ground before Jesus as he rode into the city. So the palm branch represented goodness and victory. Watch this now. And was symbolic of the final victory that he would soon fulfill over death. Now, I'm getting ready to challenge you in this room today. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Those palm branches represented his goodness. Somebody say it by faith, God is good. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, God is good. Tell somebody sitting close to you. Point at them, too. Tell them, God is good. Come on, online. Tell somebody in your house, God is good. Come on, type it online. Say, God is good. Let that go all throughout the airways. Watch this. I'm getting ready to challenge you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 says, And when that which is mortal, this flesh, puts on immortality, and what now decays, this flesh, is exchanged for what will, will never decay. See, again, if you were highlighting or underlining, never decay. Amen. Folks, in the natural, it looks like I'm getting older. But I'm actually going to look about 30 throughout all eternity. The Scripture says when we see him, we will be like he is. I'm getting ready to challenge you a little bit. Is there any faith in this room today? Watch this now. Let's keep reading. Then the scripture will be fulfilled that says death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me, death, where is your sting? Now, we need to understand that word sting here. That word sting in the Greek means prick. It means point. It means the gold or sting of a poisonous beast 
scorpion or snake. And so the analogy here is that when a poisonous beast or snake stings you, how many know it usually results in a slow death? What God is saying here, I've removed the feeling and the sting of death. Folks, if you can put your faith on this, you literally, when you transition from this life to the next, you won't even feel it. Folks, I'm believing God that sickness and disease will not take me out of here. I'm believing God that my body will just wear out or the Lord will return one or the other and I'll just go to sleep and wake up on the other side, never ever feeling death at all. Folks, we can believe for that. We can put our faith on that because what this week represents is that not only did he defeat death, but he took the pain and the sting of it out of our lives. Folks, don't hear me wrong. I'm not minimizing COVID-19, but some people are so afraid of dying that they stop living. And it's dangerous, folks, to say, I believe that I'll never die, but I stop living here on earth. And I'll just leave the rest of that alone. I believe we're making hell upset today. I believe hell is upset today. I want you to just encourage you in your faith. Don't stop living because you're afraid to die. Now, you do everything you need to do. Put your mask on. You protect yourself, but don't stop living. Some of you all haven't been out the house in a long time. The weather is nice outside. Get out there and go for a bike ride. Go for a walk. Come on, somebody. Just stay away from people if that's your concern. But get out of that house. Say that with me. I just believe there's, there's something on that. Say, I will not be afraid to die so that I stop living. I want to challenge you, folks. You can actually achieve more in a season like this than any other time in your life. Wealth is being transferred. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. There are more opportunities out there right now than ever in the history of our world. But if you're not living, you'll never be exposed to them. Number two, why did he choose a donkey? Verse two, Jesus told, chose to ride in on a donkey, which directly fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. In biblical times, it was common, as the video showed us, for kings or important people to arrive by a procession riding on a donkey. The donkey symbolized peace. So those who chose to ride them showed that they came with peaceful intentions. Jesus reminded us, or Isaiah told us, that one of the names of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, is that he is the prince of peace. Of course, that prophecy comes from Zechariah 9, 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. How many of y'all know the church is a type of the daughter of Zion? 
Can we just take a moment to rejoice greatly in this building? Can you rejoice greatly online? It says here, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. I've got good news, folks. He's coming back again, too. It says here, he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, these verses are not in your text, but people have been living this last year without peace. And one of the reasons that Jesus came is to give us peace. In John 16, 33, he says, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. The word peace there is a Greek word, irony, and it means to be set at one again. It means to be made whole. Folks, the absence of peace is not from God. God wants to actually bring everything back together in your life if you will allow him to. Allow him to be your peace. Now, he went on in that same verse to say something that we all need to be aware of. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You know what tribulation is? Trouble, anguish. And sometimes, folks, it comes from every side. He said, in the world, you're going to have that. So why do we get shocked and surprised when we see it? When Jesus told us in this world, you are going to have it. You can't escape it. Now, I want to see where your faith is, but notice how he told you, told you to respond to it. Anyone going through any tribulation right now, just raise your hand. Raise your hand online. He said, look at what he says here. If you're having in the world, you will have tribulation. But watch this. He said, but be of good cheer. See, something about that to our flesh just doesn't... It just, doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. doesn't seem right, right? He said, if you're tribulating, then be of good cheer. Let me try this out of the room. He said, if you're going through any level of tribulation right now, be of good cheer. Come on, do I have any parents in here whose children have come to them distressed, tribulating, come on, freaking out? Right, because we know we already have the answers to what they're freaking out about. What do we tell them? Calm down. Everything's going to be all right. Cheer up. Folks, I came to tell you today, cheer up because Jesus is on your side. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? If this whole world came against you, you and God are a majority. A thousand can fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. But it will not come near you. He said, be of good cheer. Then he tells you why. Because I have overcome the world. I am undefeated in this world. And if you are in me, then expect to have peace. Expect to overcome the tribulation that you're going through because I already overcame it for you. It's something about knowing that the fight is already fixed. It's something about knowing that even though I'm in a challenge right now, I I know what's waiting for me on the other side. I know I'm coming out gold on the other side of this glory to God. Folks, linked up church is not going down. Linked up church is going up, glory to God. We have not seen our best days yet. And if you are a member of this church, you have not seen your best day yet. Come on, somebody give God glory in this place today. 
He said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He didn't say, I will overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world. And if he's overcome the world, then you've overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for those stimulus checks. But I'd rather give a stimulus check than receive one. Come on, somebody. It's way more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'd rather be a stimulus check than need a stimulus check. Come on. God already stimulated you over 2,000 years ago. Don't wait on the government to save you. He saved you over 2,000 years ago. You need to stand up and act like it and walk like it and talk like it and live like it and tell people like it's that way. Glory to God. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says here, not in your notes. He says, he will keep you in perfect peace. You know what perfect peace is? Two Hebrew words. Shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. Keep you. He can keep you if you let him. I remember when the gym opened in May of last year, and people were like, the first day I went and worked out without a mask on. And people were like, man, you didn't. Huh? But I just felt like you can get hit by a truck driving your car. You can, come on, somebody, it's a lot of other ways. And so if I don't live that way in those other areas, I'm only speaking for me. I'm not speaking for anyone else. Then I'm going to trust God in this area. And been in there four days a week, minimum, three to four days, five on good weeks, COVID free. I'm just telling you, folks, God can keep you if you want to be kept. The blood has not lost its power. I said the blood has not lost its power. Now, I know we use wisdom, right? We should use wisdom. When I leave and go out there, I'm going to put my mask on. Right? Hug, shake hands, give elbows. But I'm not putting my mask on because I'm thinking it's protecting me from COVID. I'm putting my mask on to protect other people. Watch this. And because it is a CDC guideline. So you follow the rules. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Notice what he said. He'll keep you in perfect peace, the one whose mind is stayed on him. How many of you know the mind is the battleground? Right? And so when your mind starts going left, how many know you have to shift it back to the word of God? When fear starts gripping you, you've got to shift your mind back to what God said and not what the world is saying. Come on, somebody. You've got to be intentional about that. you got to go find out what God said, right, and shift your mind to that. And he said, if you'll just think like I think, I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's all he's saying here. Think the way I think about that situation. Number three. Why did the people shout Hosanna? I'm going to give you some more insight here. Why did the people shout Hosanna? In verse 9, when the people shouted Hosanna, they were hailing Christ as king. The word Hosanna actually and literally means save now. 
And though in their own minds they waited for an earthly king, how I many know God had a different way in mind of bringing true salvation to all of those who would trust in him? Now, when they shouted that, they wanted an earthly king, right, who would overturn Rome and set them free. But God had a completely different level of salvation for his people. Psalms 118, stanza 26, I'll read out of the Passion Translation, says this. Blessed is the one who comes to us, watch this, the sent one of the Lord, and his name is Jesus. And from within the temple we cry, we bless you. I mean, every time we come into the house of God, we should bless the name of Jesus. I'm talking about for those that are saved. Every time we come into the temple, into the house of God, we should bless the name of Jesus. Let's practice for about 10 seconds. Pretend you just walked into the room. I'm trying to teach you something here. If you wait on praise and worship, you're too late. You're literally supposed to be so glad that you made it back to the house of God one more time. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of God. I'm talking about when your feet hit the ground inside the temple, automatically you start, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me for another week. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for starting me on my way. Thank you for food on my table. Thank you for a car to drive, a roof over my head. Come on, somebody. God has been good to you. And we bless that name, Jesus, because it has brought salvation to us. Raise your hand if you're saved in this room today. Then you have a lot to be thankful for. Come on, raise your hand online if, if, if you're saved right now. Boy, you have a lot to be thankful for. Hallelujah. But this next verse, Romans 10, 9 says in the Passion Translation, but what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation is a wonderful thing. I said salvation is a wonderful thing. Man, listen, I was lost, but now I'm fine. I was blind, but now I can see. I don't want to think about where my life would be 30 years later had I not met Jesus. Because I certainly see the effects of it in my family and friends' lives. Has Jesus been good to anyone in this room? Now, I'm picking up something, and I'm just going to follow it. Just pray in the Holy Spirit for a moment. Now, this is not where we typically do this, but I've learned over the years to, to, to be led. There's someone in this room, someone watching online, and I'm not talking about rededication here. You haven't experienced salvation. 
you're watching in the overflow right now, maybe you haven't experienced salvation. See, maybe you only thought he was a prophet. Maybe you only dealt with his humanity and you never accepted his deity. You didn't do what this word says here and mean it, which is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that in your heart. And so if you're in this room right now or you're watching online, this is not, this is out of pocket. I'm only talking about one area. I know there's people in this room and I know there are people watching online. I know this is out of pocket. I'm going to go right back into the message. I'm just led to do this. You've never, the spirit of God has been pricking you. Your heart is burning. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, right where you're sitting right now, would you just lift your hand up in the air? Just lift it up. I know this by the spirit of God. Just lift it up. Right in this room, watching online, they're going to give you some information online on what to do. Listen very carefully. You, you believed, but you believed that he was just the son of man. You addressed him as prophet. You never made him the Lord of your life. You know how you never, how you know you never made him the Lord of your life? By how you actually live right now. We're not doing anything to embarrass you. We're loving on you right now. Who is that I'm speaking to so I can finish this service today? It's multiple people. Lift your hand in the air right now. You never received true salvation. In this room, just lift your hand up. Believers praying all around the room. Just lift your hand up right here in this room. I know you're here. Just lift it up right now. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you. Who? Is that the Spirit of God stopped this service for because he loves so much. He said, give them an opportunity right now. I'm dealing with their heart right now. Open up the window for them right now. Who is that? Just lift your hand. Believers praying all around the room. Lift your hand right where you're at. Not going to do anything to embarrass you. Who is that? Lift it up. Lift it up higher. Where, where am I missing? God bless you, ma'am. Stay right there. Stay right there. Okay. Somebody else in this room. That's not the only person. That's not the only person. If you're watching online, follow the directions online. Who else in this room right now? Listen to me. You've never truly received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You've gone to church. You've done all of the stuff that looks the part, but you know your life does not agree with that. Who is that? We're not going to embarrass you. We love you. God has something great for you on the other side of this decision. Who is that other person? Lift your hand right now. Just lift it up. God loves you, and we love you too. Come on, believers praying all around the room. I know there's one more person in the room. Not sure how many's watching online, but I know there's one more person in this room. Lift your hand right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Who is that spirit of God is loving on like that? Stop this service just for you. Okay? We're going to circle back around, so don't worry. You hold on that. Keep pondering that. Young lady, would you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. They're going to take you right out this door right here and minister specifically to you. Come on, Linked Up Church, you can do better than that. I said, come on, Linked Up Church, you can do better than that. God loves her so much that he interrupted the service. One online, praise God, praise God. Anybody in that overflow watching right now, come now. Hallelujah. I'm going to circle back around, but, but moments matter. I don't know who that is. I keep talking on this side of the room, but moments matter. And there's something about the quicker you obey God, the quicker he's able to bless your life. 
there's something so good on the other side of your obedience. You go to church, you do all the right stuff, but you've never allowed him to be the Lord of your life. He's calling you to do that today. Who is that? Hallelujah. Do you want to do it now? We'll circle back around. Let's get right back into the message. Why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Number four. I'm going to come on down the home stretch. Why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Let's look at Luke's account of this in Luke chapter 19. Let's look at verse 41 and 42 out of the Passion Translation. Why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Now, I want you to pay very close attention here. Luke 19, 41 and 42 says, When Jesus caught sight of the city, he burst into tears with uncontrollable weeping over Jerusalem, saying, If only you could recognize that this day peace is within your reach, but you cannot see it. And that's what the Spirit of God is saying to people in this room and watching online right now. Peace is right within your reach. And you know why people don't grab a hold of it? It's because they can't see it. 2 Corinthians tells us that Satan has blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto them. How I many know oh, he's weeping because he knows he's the answer? But the people can't see it. Folks, it's a dangerous thing to have physical sight, but no vision. It's a dangerous thing to have the answer right in front of you, but don't have vision or revelation to see it. The Bible says that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. So in the midst of all of them praising God, Luke's account says that Jesus started crying. So in the midst of them laying palm trees, taking off their jackets, it's a frenzy out there. Luke's account says that he starts crying in the midst of it because he knows they're not actually going to get what he came to give them. And I wonder how many of us folks never, ever really walk in what he came to provide for us. I want to challenge you in your faith today. You remember, I believe it's Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asked Peter specifically. He said, he asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others say Elias or Elijah. But then he looked at Peter directly. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And how many of you know, folks, you cannot follow the crowd. You cannot go along with what is customary and what everybody else is saying. You cannot follow the crowd and be a true soldier for Jesus Christ. That's why he looked at Peter, because Peter was the leader. Peter needs to be clear. He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus immediately responded to him. He said, Simon Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. How I many know when you don't have revelation about who Jesus is in your life, you'll miss it. 
The answer will be right in front of you, but you can't see it because you don't know who he is. So Jesus wept over the city because he knew one week from now that same crowd is going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. And if you haven't learned anything in life, folks, sometimes the same people that celebrate you today will put a knife in your back tomorrow. So you've got to learn not to get too high when they're patting you on your back and telling you how great you are and telling you, look at how God's using you and how wonderful you are. Because sometimes that same individual and those same group of people the very next week will have a different opinion about you. You've got to learn how to live for an audience of one and learn how to please your father, God. And if God is pleased, then praise God. And what everybody else thinks Praise God for that too. I like to say it this way. Aristotle said it this way. He said, criticism is like this, folks. And I love this because it's so true. People are either talking about you for what you're not doing. They're either talking about you for what you're doing. Or they're either talking about you for what you're getting ready to do. So listen to this. Since they're going to talk about you anyway, give them something to talk about. Come on, I need a little better amen in this place today. And don't even give them the courtesy of responding. Let's close right here, our undefeated king. You all getting anything out of this today? Our undefeated king. Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than any the mind of man could ever conceive or plan. Man looked for someone to fight their battles in that present day world, yet God had the ultimate plan of sending his son to fight the final battle over death. This is the greatness of why we celebrate this week, because Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we can be set free from the fear of death and live undefeated lives. People aren't afraid of flying. They're afraid of dying. People aren't afraid to go outside and live their lives. They're afraid of dying. And once the fear of death is removed, is when you can begin to live. Again, I'm not trying to play politics here. But a lot of that was a fear campaign and is. The disease was real, but a lot of it was politicized. A lot of it was a fear campaign. A lot of it is to direct and control the public people in a certain direction. And if you don't know what he said, you will go right with the crowd. And God could have been instructing you to do some great things during this time. People are starting businesses. People are, man, it's all kind of, it's it's happening. It's going down. I declare that this building is back full. Twice on Sunday. Heading towards a third. In Jesus' name.
soon as everything is lifted because we still got to follow protocols. But the day is lifted. They beat us here. Can anybody get an agreement with me for that today? Let's close with this last text. John chapter 11, verses 21 through 26. Martha said to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother, referring to Lazarus, wouldn't have died. But I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. And a lot of times they treat pastors like that. Pastor, pray for me. Like God won't do it for you. I mean, we got to quit making the, the five-fold ministry gifts God. Jesus told her, your brother now, you, you got to listen with, with faith ears here. Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. Now, he's dead. But Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. She replied, yes, I know. He will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Oh, Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection and I am life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. Now, this is where it will take faith to, because this is red letter edition. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Then he posed this wonderful question to her. Do you believe this? See, the believing person who lives in Christ never dies. That's why you don't stop living. I just want to let that soak in for a moment. Say lie. The believing Christian who lives by faith never dies. So I'm telling you, when that day happens for me, should the Lord tarry many, many years from now, don't have no kind of nothing for me because I actually didn't die. Just get together and say, see you later. Oh, uh, you, you all aren't ready for this. You remember when they went to that tomb? The angel was sitting there. What did that angel say? Why are you looking for the living? Y'all ain't ready for this. It's a, it's a complete paradigm shift. That's what the angel said. Now, he died in the natural, didn't he? See, why could, what, he, he was authorized to say this because he actually lived it. The angel said, why are y'all looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. So the believing person who lives this way actually never dies. Do you believe that? Yes. Now, if you believe that, then live your life like you're never dying. Yes. I'm challenging you today. 
online. Do you believe that? Type in yes. Or I'm not sure. Maybe. Type something in. In this room, do you believe that? That wasn't good enough for me. I said, in this room, do you believe that? Watch this now. I'm going to send you out of here on fire. Then live your life like you'll never die. That should bring a liberty and a freedom to you. So in this Holy Week, may God direct all of our thoughts. Let's all stand to our feet and attention towards what matters most, which is Jesus Christ, our undefeated King. All of these are in your notes. There are four things I want you to meditate and do this week. Number one, I want you to worship him as Lord. And I'm not talking about turning on worship music and lifting up your hands and singing a song. I'm talking about obey him in an area of your life this week that you know he's been calling you to obey. How I many you know obedience is better than sacrifice? And obedience is the highest form of worship. So there's an area of your life that you know God has been dealing with you about. Obey him this week. Number two, thank God for the gift of his sacrifice. Just all week long, meditate on that. Thank God for the gift of his sacrifice. Number three, celebrate the power of his resurrection and know that anything in your life that looks dead, he has the power to resurrect it. And then number four, live out the new life his grace has provided for you. Now, I want you to listen. He came to deliver us from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. It is humble for me to prosper if he delivered me from poverty. I'm obeying God's word when I allow him to prosper me. When I refuse COVID-19 and sickness, I'm not being arrogant. I'm actually being humble. Because I'm receiving what he provided for me. When I live my life like I'll never die, I'm not being arrogant. I'm being humble. You're being humble because I know I have eternal life. Okay? Let's live that out for the rest of our lives. Can we do that? Let's lift our hands to the Father, and let's just begin to worship him. Worship him online. Worship him in the room. Just go ahead and out of your own mouth. Whatever this message meant to you today, whatever part of it pricked you right in your heart, just minister it back to God right now. Father, help us to live our lives in a way where we're not afraid to die, Father. Matter of fact, we even have a greater revelation, Father, in that we will never die. Thank you, Jesus, for defeating death, taking away fear, and living undefeated. <laughs> it's because you're undefeated that we can live undefeated lives. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer in this room or online today, I want to circle back around. Part of our vision is to connect people to God here at Linked Up Church. We know that when we get you connected to God, it addresses every other question in your life. Then we want to get you a part of a family, which is joining Linked Up Church. Then we want to get you even further than that and get you a part of connect groups where you can connect with other people and other families who are like-minded like you are. Then we want to get you to discover your purpose. Why are you on earth? 
And then we want to launch you out in the community where you're serving on dream teams and our, or our, our dream teams or out there, out there in the community helping those who are less fortunate than you are. But I want to address that one today. I want to help you get connected to God. So if you're in this building or you're watching online, you don't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. You've never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you today. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I, I just got away from God. I got out of relationship with him, and I want to come back to him today. I want to rededicate my life. What a wonderful Sunday to do that on as we march towards Resurrection Weekend. My third invitation today, maybe you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you here to Linked Up Church. My wife and I will be so happy to receive you. We'll pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. If you're in this building today, I want to address you first. You haven't given your life to Christ. You, you want to rededicate your life or you want to join Linked Up Church. I desire to pray for you, but I only know that you desire my prayer by the lifting up of your hand. So if you're in overflow or you're in this room right now, would you do me one favor? If you want to give your life to Christ, come back to Christ or join this church, would you shoot your hand up in the air right now? Just lift it up. Keep it up as high as you possibly can. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your obedience today. Anyone else, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. Pastor, I want to come back to Christ. Pastor, I want to join this church. I don't have a church home. I'm not a member of a church. If you didn't raise your hand that first time, but in your heart, you know you should have. Lift your hand up in the air right now. Lift it up. Keep it up as high as you possibly can. Anyone else in here like that? Praise God. If you're in overflow or you're in this room and you have your hand raised right now, I want you to make your way down here to the front. Don't clap just yet. I want to address the people that are watching online. If you want to give your life to Christ, you want to rededicate or come back to Christ. What a wonderful Sunday. This Sunday represents your victory. It represents your peace. If you've been living your life outside of peace, here's your answer right here. Don't be so close to it and cause Jesus to weep because you didn't receive what he had for you. If you want to give your life to Christ, come back to Christ. Stay right here, sir. Stay right here. Or join Linked Up Church. I want you to text Get Connected to 833-988-2009. Maybe all you can do is type in, uh, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to rededicate. I want to join that church. Our social media team, ministerial staff, they'll see that and follow up with you accordingly. My brother, I want you to know that God loves you. He set this whole service up for you today. Man. You are the most important person in the world to God today. It's all about you, okay? Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. 
This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.